0: Here you go. Wild card. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is finally here, October 3rd, 2023. It's the playoffs, baby. Starting at three o'clock today and for the next two days, at least today and tomorrow, We've got a quadruple header. Now there's some crossover with the game at three and 430 Eastern and then seven and eight, but let's not quibble. We have a chance for 12 games in three days. I wanna talk about each series, just to give you a little breakdown, what I think's gonna happen, what's happening off the field and on the field with these teams. And then we're gonna talk about Trevor Bauer. Don't go away before we do that before the break. He released a video on Twitter yesterday that we need to discuss. But I wanna start with something positive. It is an absolute joke that Trevor Bauer is in the news the day the playoffs start. So on brand, so tracks. It's like when A-Rod, what did, did Coco, what did A-Rod do? Did he retire or resign or opt out or opt in? He did something and announced it during a playoff game as i recall but the focus right now is not on wander franco you're not going to hear about him until the playoffs is done julio urias not going to hear about him baseball is not going to respond to the trevor bauer situation you're not going to hear about anything but positivity you're going to hear about attendance you're going to hear about time of game you're going to hear about Teams having a chance to do something they've never done. Brewers, as an organization, not won a championship. Rays, not won a championship. You're gonna hear about the possibility of the Orioles, the Braves becoming a destiny. Houston, a dynasty, not a destiny. So many storylines. Let's start with the first series that starts at three o'clock. It's Rays versus Rangers. The Texas Rangers lost the AL West. They could have had a bye. Instead, they've got to fly to Tampa and play in the Thunderdome. Three games. Don't forget, there's no travel. This new best of three situation includes zero travel, which is disappointing to me because I like the notion of home field advantage, but I also like the notion of hosting a playoff game if I don't have home field advantage, so there can be some revenue. I also like the idea of one and done games. I got absolutely torched when I would sit in owners' meetings and on committees and say, we need more elimination games, not fewer. But the owners, They would stand up in the meeting or they'd sit down, doesn't matter. They'd turn on the microphone, which is a press button microphone, and they'd say, we don't want to play 162 games, make it to the playoffs and then be eliminated within 24 hours. And my answer was, once I hit the button to the microphone, I've got an idea, win your damn division. How about that? But then Rob Manford gets on his microphone and says listen gentlemen we can get some extra revenue here if we do a best two out of three let's expand the playoffs therefore more teams are in it longer it'll probably screw up the trade deadline but don't worry we'll get rid of the august deadline we'll make it just a july deadline and we'll see how that works but when more teams are in it that means attendance will be up because interest will be up in more cities then we're going to give everybody a chance in a two out of three, and we'll reward only two of the three division winners, and we'll make the least best division winner play a wild card round. What do you say, folks? And there were yeses everywhere, except by me. I'm a total no. I love the one and done. But the Rangers have a chance to go into Tampa and win two out of three. The Rangers, do you know, Coke, I forgot to tell you this off the subject. Somebody came to us on davidsampsonpodcast.com and sent me a note. David, I always thought that you knew about baseball, but your show is about other sports too. And you talked about football and you don't know anything about football. In your pick of the day, you had Eli Manning and the Giants against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. David, where have you been? They're not on the team anymore. To which I quickly replied, you don't get the show. You think I don't know that Eli Manning and Russell Wilson are not the current quarterbacks for the Seahawks and the Giants? Seriously? Anyway, I digress. What else were we talking about? Oh, what happened in the chat? Alex Rodriguez did announce something. Oh, he announced during the 07 World Series what he was doing. That I remember so well, but it was so many years ago. I thought it was way more recent when he did that. Thank you very much in the chat. We're live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel for remembering that. Do you have any idea how pissed off baseball was? There were calls made after that and there were memos sent reminding, no announcements, no nothing during playoffs. So you gotta hurry up and get your stuff done before it even starts. Scott Boris, what a joke. Okay, Rays Rangers. The Rangers are going with a great rotation. They've got DeGrom in game one, they have Scherzer in game two, and they have Evaldi in game three. That's pretty good. But the Rays get to counter with Shane McClanahan and Jeffrey Springs. Amazing pitching matchup. Until you look at the actual pitching matchup and you say, wow, it's Tyler Glasnow. He's good. And then Zach Eflin, biggest free agent signing ever for the Rays. And then you look at the Rangers and you say, oh, my God, they're all hurt. It's a good thing they have the best offense in the world. That'll carry them until you look at the Rays and you realize that their offense is as good as the Rangers. So the Rays have better pitching, better offense, and a way better bullpen. I wonder who we're gonna pick in the Rays series. Wait to see. Then at 430, we got the Twins and the Blue Jays. Love this. You may not be interested in seeing Carlos Correa, I'm interested in watching Pablo Lopez pitch, the guy from the Marlins. I'm interested in the fact that Twins haven't won a playoff game since 1869, a streak that is unprecedented. I'm interested in that the Blue Jays have underperformed this entire season and they still made the playoffs and that their starting pitching happens to be superior to almost all teams. Then I'm interested to see what Sonny Gray does outside of Yankee Stadium under the big lights, as big as you can get in the Twin Cities. The reason why this series fascinates me is one of these teams is going to advance and neither one in theory deserves to advance. The Twins won a division that we could have won, Coca, if we suited up seven guys with us. The Blue Jays were supposed to win their division, and what an opportunity they had with the Yankees and Red Sox being so terrible. Instead, they were middling as well as the Twins. Then we get to the Brew Crew. Best rotation in baseball, Corbin Burns. Woodruff Hurts. Gonna have to go with Peralta. Christian Yelich is back in the playoffs going against the Diamondbacks and the surefire rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll, a bunch of guys you've never heard of, except their opening two pitchers, Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly, have an actual opportunity to be the top one, two in the entire playoffs. But then you realize the Diamondbacks limped in, backed in, barely got in. If the season had only been 167, I could argue the Padres would have made the playoffs and not the Diamondbacks. The Brewers are favorites, not as heavy as you'd think. But watching the Diamondbacks travel to American Family Field, I'll tell you what that result's gonna be. And then prime time. Do you know when uh, playoff schedules came out in 03, we got given our schedule and we kept having afternoon games and it really bothered me. And I called up Bud Selig at the time and I asked him why this happened. And he said, why don't you call Skipper? And I said, I'm not calling Skipper, just tell me why. He said, David, it's Barry Bonds for sure, but you're the Marlins. Of course we're playing afternoon games. We've got Cubs, Red Sox, Yankees. So cut to the fact the playoffs schedule was released and guess who the primetime series is this year? All three games, eight o'clock, ESPN. It's the Marlins and the Phillies. What an amazing opportunity for the nation to watch a great Phillies team that went all the way to the World Series last year against this Marlins team, managed so wonderfully by Skip Schumacher, with a bunch of players acquired at the deadline that could remind you of the Atlanta deadline in Jake Berger and Josh Bell, could be this year's Soler Rosario and Dawson. Don't text me, I know it's not Rosario Dawson. That's a joke. She's an actress. So, the Marlins have an injury with the Reyes. His ankle is the size of a football. He pinch hit during the weekend. He can't move, but he can still get hits. He's on the postseason roster. Even if he doesn't start, having him as a pinch hitter means you're gonna get a base hit. If Soler leads off and hits some home runs against Nola and Wheeler, who are not the Nolan Wheeler from last season, you could be looking at an unbelievable upset because the Phillies are the biggest favorite in this round. Yet the Marlins are H-O-Triple-T, having had a great September, and they're going to Citizens Bank Park where they've won two out of three, not once, but twice this season. So, here we go. Wait to see when I tell you something's gonna happen. If it does, great. If it doesn't, fine, I'll revisit it. I promise. I've got an announcement to make right now. Go to davidsampsonpodcast.com. We've got a new shirt and the person who guessed, wait to see, you're the winner. Can you imagine how great that is? And what's even more cool, about the new shirt that is now available for purchase is that somebody right now who's watching this show live has agreed to donate one hundred dollars toward merchandise for a viewer so here's what i'm gonna do i'm going to announce my next contest where no purchase is necessary The next contest is for you to guess what the November shirt is gonna be. If you guess the November shirt correctly, you will get a gift from me, but also you are going to get the free wait to see the future is just business shirt. I wanna do a shout out to Peb Metz. That's who Coke is yelling in my ear. I don't know if Peb is your first name, Metz is your second name, or if that is a surname or a fake name. But in any case, you are very generous to have donated $100. And I will take that $100, and I will buy merch, extra merch, for the person who wins the contest of guessing what our third shirt is. But in the meantime, our second shirt is now available. You see it on the screen right here. Wait to see. Here's a little nugget for you. When you buy the shirt, great quality, take a look at the design. And if you don't laugh about a little Easter egg that is contained within this shirt, then you're not paying attention to the show. And I know that you are. So wait to see we have a document that goes through them all. This wait to see will be done by Thursday, but here we go. Here are my series winners. One. In the Rays v. Rangers, we're taking the Rays. Yeah, we got to lay 165, but the Rays are going to win two out of three. Wait to see. Second series, Twins, Blue Jays. Upset alert, I'm taking the Blue Jays. I'm not even sure the Twins will win a playoff game ever again. Blue Jays are going to wake up. Vladimir is going to go deep. Blue Jays win. You got to lay 105, but they're still the dogs. Third series, Brewers-D-backs. Do you really think I'm going to pick against Milwaukee? Ever? Well, not this round, at least. Brewers over the Diamondbacks. And my final pick, this has been the toughest one. Phillies-Marlins. The Phillies are minus 195. The Marlins are plus money. I actually believe that the Marlins have a chance. But not to win two out of three. It's a heavy lay, but hey, at a buck thirty nine right now, so am I. Phillies are my fourth pick. Brewers, Phillies, Blue Jays, Rays—they will advance. Okay. When we come back, let's take an early break because I want to come back and uh, I'm going to review a movie, a baseball movie, and then we're going to take some time to answer one of your questions and to go through the Trevor Bauer situation. Please stay tuned. I think you will find it of interest because this is a must-see movie and a very important conversation after the review. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400 or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425 right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Fawett in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson, Matthew Coca, every Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. on Nothing Personal with David Sampson. You can find us on Twitter at David P. Sampson, at Instagram at David P. Sampson, at TikTok. Why are we not at David P. Sampson on TikTok? We're at nothingpersonal.npds. Coca handles all of that, the TikTok part. Thank you, Coca. It's just you and I, baby. Please rate, review, tell your friends about us, spread the word. We're having fun here every day, eight o'clock live. Okay, I watch a movie every day. I actually was up at about three o'clock this morning, getting ready for the show, thinking about the segment I'm gonna do next. And I watched the finale of Only Murders in the Building, which we'll review tomorrow. But earlier yesterday, I watched a documentary that, this is the most highly recommended documentary that I've had since Nothing Personal started. I got over 40 recommendations from you, 40, whether it's on davidsampsonpodcast.com or at David P. Sampson on Twitter to watch The Saint of Second Chances. So I did. The Saint of Second Chances is a documentary on Netflix about someone named Mike Veck. Mike Veck is a name that you don't know, but you should. If you've ever seen video about the crazy Disco Inferno Night in Chicago at the old Comiskey Park, where the second game of a doubleheader actually had to be canceled because everyone was rushing the field on Disco Night with Disco Sucks, what you may not know is Mike Veck's father owned the White Sox and was the grandfather of all of the interesting, amazing promotions that really are a bigger part of minor league baseball today, but he brought them to baseball period. And his son, Mike Vec, who in the documentary is himself, but is a younger himself, is played by Charlie Day, the actor from that movie with Jennifer Aniston, The Dentist Movie. Oh my God, Coca. Is this really happening to me? What's the movie where they, um horrible bosses, thank you. God ram it. So this is a documentary where there's an interview of Mike Vec talking about that disco Inferno night, talking about the second chance that he wanted, talking about his life as a father. I cried, both because of what happens in the documentary, but also I was reminded of how lucky I was to run a team for 18 years, and how lucky I was to be a part of an industry where we make memories for people to be part of something that matters, but we're not curing cancer. We're not solving the Middle East peace problem. We are entertaining people. And the number of times that I said that during a VP meeting, a marketing meeting, a sales meeting, I would remind everyone during a baseball meeting, meeting with the owners, I would remind people, we are here to entertain. Mike Vec took that to a level along with his father that had never been seen. I'm not sure it's even seen today. The documentary goes through his story, what it's like to be the son of Bill Vec, who's in the hall of fame, what it's like to need a second chance, what it's like to get a second chance, and then what you do with that chance. The emotion of the movie is that most people don't even understand when they're getting a first chance and they let it fly by. Those who do and then need a second chance rarely recognize when that opportunity has arisen and they let that blow by. Wouldn't it be great if you had the self-awareness to know when you needed a second chance and know when you're getting one and then take advantage of it? Wouldn't it be amazing to give people a second chance? There is a part of the movie where Mike Vec gives a second chance to Daryl Strawberry. It is a powerful moment when he has a conversation with his wife about whether the St. Paul Saints, his minor league team, should sign Daryl Strawberry after all the issues Strawberry had. Yankee fans will wanna watch this. Baseball fans will wanna watch this. And anyone with even one fiber of emotional baggage, because this movie helps you release that baggage and helps you revel in what is real and what is real is a second chance. So speaking of second chances and speaking of thinking about second chances and speaking about when people deserve second chances and query, does everybody, does everybody deserve a second chance, I want to start talking about Trevor Bauer, and I want to frame it within the confines of a question that one of you asked me just yesterday. You know what I want. (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Now, that'd be a great idea for something. That's from a movie Half-Baked. Get into Twitter at David P. Samson or get on davidsampsonpodcast.com. And please ask me any question you want and I'll try to get to it. Hi David, I know how I feel and I think I know how you feel, but wait to see. My question is, does a MLB team see the Bauer video and even entertain the thought of signing him? My answer is no, but curious about your thoughts because it does seem blame can be shared based on this video. Thank you, David. I listen every day. Well, first, thank you for listening and watching every day. I appreciate that. Second, what are we talking about? You can go back to myriad episodes of Nothing Personal over the past several years if you want the entire Trevor Bauer story that led up to today. But what happened yesterday is there was a lawsuit. Trevor Bauer sued the woman he was accused but not charged with sexually assaulting. He sued her claiming that her charges, allegations, caused him economic damage. She then countersued him, alleging all the things he had done to her that he had not been charged with. That's the violent sex, the choking, the bruises, the battering, all that. Yesterday, those lawsuits, him suing her, her suing him, were both dismissed. And not dismissed with a judgment. They were dismissed because there was a settlement. Both sides agreed to a settlement. Trevor Bauer agreed to pay the woman, and I'm not mentioning her name, zero. The woman agreed to pay Trevor Bauer zero. They both agreed to let it go. Trevor Bauer's motivation to let it go is that in his mind, he's been muzzled for years. He wanted the opportunity to give his side of the story, not inside a courtroom, not inside a hearing, not to an investigator, not to Major League Baseball. He wanted to do it on his social media so he could preach to his choir. With this lawsuit pending, he was not able to do that. When it's no longer pending, he was able to release a three and a half minute, highly produced video. In that video, he shows text messages from the woman, where it appears that she is talking to a friend about how she is going to get Trevor Bauer's money, how he's worth $51 million and how he would be the perfect candidate to go and seduce and accuse and get paid. I want to take this in counterparts. So before I get to the rest of the video, I want to address that issue. That's real. Folks, there are women at every hotel I have ever been to as a team president who are in the lobby when we get there, every time. There are women who are trying to live a real life bull Durham, who are trying to get our players to impregnate them, who are trying to get and extort money. This is not me being sexist or chauvinist. There are also men doing it, might I add, for the players who prefer men. This is not about women. This is about money. Celebrities, athletes, people whose salaries are actually made public and are accurate, people who have some level of fame, whether it's A-level down to D-level. There are people, just go ask Susan Sarandon in Bull Durham. It happens in the military. Ever see officer and a gentleman? There are bars where Deborah Winger goes to try to find an officer. Some women don't want a gentleman. We ask the players to be very careful. We are happy to help players vet relationships. We are happy to help players in any way they want because we don't want players to get themselves in a position where they have a problem. Many times I've explained to players they're not nearly as good looking as they think they are. They're not nearly as sexy as they think they are, but they're definitely as wealthy as other people know they are. I've asked players year in and year out to have discretion over what they do on the road, what they do at home, not because I am trying to impose my morals on their marriage or on their relationships, no. You want to cheat cheat you don't want to cheat don't cheat you want to be faithful great i'm talking about how not to put yourself in a position where you are being compromised do i believe that this woman was targeting trevor bauer yes i do it is definitely in the realm of possibility But when you target a person, and you want to extort them for money, and you are an absolute turd, you are not signing up to be assaulted. You don't have the right as a man, when you find out a woman is after you or entrapping you, you don't have the right to hit her, choke her out, pull her hair, none of that. Let me be crystal clear on that. Also in the video, Trevor Bauer said that there's never been a finding. As a matter of fact, previous court hearings indicated when this woman wanted a continued domestic violence restraining order, the court did not allow it the court struck down a restraining order. And then Bauer said on the video, and you know, it's pretty easy to get a restraining order. So if the court wouldn't allow it, that must mean truly I did nothing wrong. News alert, Trevor and Rachel and all your other lawyers who surround you. That ain't the threshold. Read the opinion of the dismissal of the counterclaim. Read the opinion where your motion to dismiss was not granted. Read why the restraining order was not upheld. That's because under the law there, there was no danger of future harm. You were not with her anymore, Trevor. You were not trying to see her. She thought and claimed that you were still after her you made it clear you never want to see her again. Guess what? When you're so convincing that you don't want to see someone and you're not going to see them, then why would there need to be a restraining order? That's the reason. Not because they found that you didn't commit an assault. That wasn't an issue. Not because they didn't find that you engaged in conduct that was not fully consensual. As a matter of fact, the opinions are pretty clear that it's unclear what the level of consent was, but you can't consent to anything when you're unconscious. So you got that wrong in the video. The other thing that you said in the video is that you believe that the courts Nobody has ever found any wrongdoing on your behalf. And as a matter of fact, they found the opposite, that there was no wrongdoing, except that's not what happened. The court with the domestic violence restraining order didn't have to opine on whether or not there was an assault. You're saying just because you weren't charged, there was no assault. That's not how it works. Just because there were no charges It does not follow that there was no assault. The court, in denying to extend the restraining order, did not ever discuss that issue because that wasn't what was in front of them. The dismissal of the counterclaims, the dismissal of what you and she were doing civilly, the judge in that 13-page opinion didn't opine on it either other than to say, at this point, we do not know. So it is very misleading for you to release a video where you show a bunch of text messages which are horrific. It's a battle of the bad to the extent those text messages are true. But you being fully exonerated because of those text messages No. And let me tell you something else about this case. Do you think that Major League Baseball and its Department of Investigations, when they gave you a 324 game suspension, and then it went to an arbitrator and the arbitrator suspended you for 194 games, do you think that they didn't have not just all the information about this woman, but how about all the information from the other women? You know, there's a whole accusation in Arizona right now, a woman who alleges she's suing, that you held her, Trevor Bauer held her at knife point, knife to her throat, choked her, she passed out, was raped. When MLB suspends a player under the domestic violence policy, They don't do it because they don't like you. They don't do it because they don't want to give you a chance. They want this to not be a story. They want you to be a better person. They wanted you in baseball. You don't think the Dodgers would rather have you in their rotation? Of course they would have. But baseball does a full investigation with scores of witnesses, hundreds of pages of testimony, all without subpoena power. And they make a finding. Then there's an opportunity before an independent arbitrator to say to baseball, you didn't get the story right. Everything you found is wrong. I'm innocent. I never did one thing she didn't want me to do and she was after my money. Think the arbitrator hasn't heard that before? Of course he, she, or they have. And you were still suspended 194 games. So for everyone on the web wondering whether or not I would be contrite, whether or not MLB is now gonna reopen the investigation, find him innocent, and he's gonna live happily ever after as a number one starter on a team next year. You are living with Ryan and Emma in la-la land. None of those things are happening. My level of contrition is that I didn't give enough time during this story to what certain people do and how they act when they are trying to get a celebrity or a baseball player or an athlete or an actor or anybody. I didn't, I short shrifted that part. I have sympathy for players who get trapped. Leads to marriage sometimes, leads to divorce sometimes, leads to kids sometimes. I definitely have sympathy for that. But if you think that I'm gonna show contrition over my view that what Trevor Bauer did is a violation of the domestic violence policy and that his suspension was warranted and that there's not one team who can get through the opening press conference of announcing him as their player, I'm not changing my mind on that. Nobody's going to sign Trevor Bauer next season. Nobody will invite him to spring training. His major league career is done. You can wait to see if you want. I appreciate your question and I appreciate the seriousness of the topic. And I would ask that when you are evaluating whether or not you watch the Trevor Bauer video and whether or not it changes your mind, I would say to you, be very careful you are seeing one side of a story one snippet of one side and you've got to get the full picture and the people in position to have the fullest picture it's not me and it's not you it's definitely major league baseball and the independent arbitrator how about getting back to some on-field stuff wasn't really a black monday I think one manager got fired yesterday, that was it. We told you Aaron Boone wasn't gonna get fired because they had to do a lot of checking. We told you A.J. Preller should get fired by the Padres. I don't have, I checked the document with Coca this morning. I actually don't have an official way to see that A.J. Preller is getting fired, which is amazing because I thought I did. What's more amazing is that I can still wear the new shirt, which is over my right shoulder, which was just now for sale by the way if you buy this shirt you're going to be happy it's a wait to see shirt an official wait to see is official but in my heart of hearts i had a wait to see that aj preller was going to get fired instead i got a statement from the owner of the padres peter Seidler, and a rumor that he's not making changes He released an official statement after the Padres went 82 and 80. Hottest team in baseball finished the season. Who cares? They're home. Third highest payroll in baseball. That's significant. And they're home. Here's what he said. We entered 2023 with expectations that we would build on last year's NLCS appearance and contend for a World Series championship don't we all? We fell short of that goal. No need to put in a statement, something that's fairly obvious. So far, the first two sentences, really obvious, not statement worthy, Elaine. Now we get to the beef, Claire. Wow, I'm going to roll with these references. The Padres organization, Peter Seiler continued, will learn from this season and emerge in 2024 with the pieces in place to compete for San Diego's first World Series title. Hallelujah. Does that mean different pieces? Or just the same pieces, but a year older and a year more expensive? Or a year closer to free agency in the case of Juan Soto? Or are you letting some pieces go who are pending free agents, lowering your payroll, which you gotta do because you're in violation of the debt service rule, but the pieces you bring in are cheaper, but better. And then I got crushed. Our current leadership team continues to have my full support. And I've asked them to perform a thorough assessment of our organization beginning today. Here's a quick side note for you. The thorough thorough investigation, the thorough assessment Hal Steinbrenner's hiring the outside company to do it. Peter Seiler's asking his current leadership to do it. Here's what A.J. Preller's going to do. Wow, looks like our scouts suck, Peter. Wow, our player development people aren't that good. And that third base coach, goddamn, he can't get anything right. GMAB. You are doing a thorough assessment of your team on and off the field every day. You don't choose a day like a financial statement, a snapshot as of the last day of your fiscal year? No, a assessment is done by good leaders every single day. But thank God the owner asked them today to perform a thorough assessment. If you need to ask AJ Preller to do a thorough assessment and you need to tell him it starts today, then he needs to be fired. The thorough assessment starts every day at 5 a.m. But then Peter Seidler said, we will make the changes necessary to play championship caliber baseball for our extraordinary fans in 2024. Be careful, Peter. When you say you'll make the changes necessary, you better not cut payroll, you better not trade Juan Soto, you better sign Otani, you better get some good pitching, some depth, You better find a way to score more runs and not lose one-run games. But you're saying you'll make the changes necessary, but your current leadership has your full support, but your manager and your GM hate each other. So you're supporting Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller? You're telling me that you're going to let them live together for another season? I guarantee if you go back with Melvin and Preller, you're not making the playoffs. You want to talk about a thorough assessment, how about making one of the decisions you're making that are fiscally irresponsible and now HR irresponsible? Eh, I guess we'll see what happens. Phil Nevin, fired. Artie Moreno, God bless you. I love you, man. You can't win a playoff game. You can't even win 81 games. I get you. Trust me, I get you. The difference is, I've got a ring, you don't. The second difference is, I think I may be better at hiring managers, but you're damn just as good as I am at firing them. But do you think it's your manager's fault that the Angels didn't finish 500? I'm just putting it out there. Phil Nevin, great guy, great managerial candidate. You think it's his fault that Otani and Trout were hurt? That Anthony Rendon stinks? that Tyler Anderson was overpaid? Do you think the reason why Artie Moreno fired Phil Nevin and not the GM Perry Manassian is because Artie Moreno's the actual GM and he needs Perry around to do all the clerk work, all the paperwork, all the dirty work, but all the signings and trades are all done by Artie? Do you think that's possible? Oh, <gasps> It can't be so. You're goddamn right it is. Firing Phil Nevin has zero impact on the Angels. What if Shohei Ohtani didn't like Phil Nevin? Shohei Ohtani has way too much respect for the game and way too much respect in general to walk into his general manager's office or his owner's mansion and say, excuse me, I'd like Phil Nevin to be fired. There's other players who may do that, phil nevin was not thrown under the bus by shohei otani phil nevin was fired by the los angeles angels of anaheim because artie moreno is not going to fire himself who they hire next will have zero impact on whether otani resigns. zero the fact of the matter is as long as artie moreno continues to run the team the way he runs the team the anaheim angels have no chance although i would say they have a better chance than daniel jones of earning his contract i've chosen two home dogs the last two days and i've lost them both these tiny little home dogs i loved it giants getting a point and a half daniel jones against the pete carroll led seahawks come on did you watch that game My condolences are sent out to you, Will Manso. You schlepped up here, went to that game, and your team absolutely crapped the bed. That game wasn't even close. Daniel Jones is overmatched, and his offensive line is even worse. So we're back to 134 and 137. All right, I've got two picks for you today. One, the early game. Is that one of my picks, Coca? timeout no I'm picking the 430 game today which is Blue Jays twins we've got a Cy Young candidate Gausman against the number one starter Pablo Lopez I'm taking the Blue Jays to win game one in Minnesota to keep that streak of Minnesota never winning a playoff game alive two my brewers Corbin Burns go back and watch that segment I don't know what episode it was when Corbin Burns did the video complaining about arbitration and so many people. And so many people said to me, Corbin Burns is finished, he's not gonna be good. He's too worried about his arbitration. Guess what? Corbin Burns is better than good. He's an ace. We're taking the Brewers over the Diamondbacks. All right, oh, come on, Coca. Another day I didn't get to the Celtics? Can I do it tomorrow? I'd like to. I got to talk about the Celtics and the Bucks and the Heat and Eastern Conference Finals and the Blazers and the trade. All right, I guess you'll have to come back another day. I appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the new merch on davidsampsonpodcast.com. Thank you, Peb Mets, for that incredibly generous donation. We will follow up with you and make it right. And to the rest of you, there's a new contest, no purchase required. Choose our next shirt, which is coming out in the beginning of November. But you don't have to wait that long to see me again. It'll be tomorrow, 8 a.m. live. Because it's just business. This is Nothing Personal.